Well, good morning, Gateway Church. We are a growing family after God's heart. And I echo what Pastor Joel had stated about the district conference. And and, uh, the Lord really touched our hearts as we met together. Um, Over 100 churches, approximately 100 churches, ministries were were represented here that came. And uh, there's a guy that that spoke to us, Pastor Stephen Elliott. And uh, he's a pastor, senior pastor at First Alliance Church in Kentucky. And uh, the Lord used this man in a powerful way to, to minister the word of Christ. His pastors, many pastors come and, and uh, they're, they're giving the word, they're sharing the word, they're pouring their hearts out. And uh, it was good just to be able to come into this place and receive from, from uh, this pastor who was speaking to our hearts. And uh, he wrote a book called Joseph, A Story About a Family. And the, the title obviously caught my attention right away because it's a book about, about family. And so I grabbed this book. I, I didn't have a chance to, to read through it. Um, I perused, looked at a number of chapters, and this is going to be a great, great book. And so I, I picked up the book, and as I was looking at it, I, I read the story of Joseph again in Genesis chapter 37 and following And I wanted to just uh, share a message in the book of Joseph today. As we just uh, um, spend a few moments thinking about what possibly could be the next series for me. And I think it's going to be a study on Joseph. So I spent this last week, Thursday and Friday, looking at at, uh, this man and what a man he was. And so we're going to, we're going to, talk about Joseph. We're going to put 1 John kind of on the back burner for, for a week. And uh, I believe the Holy Spirit wants, wants to speak to us and minister to our hearts. Joseph, a story about a family. I think many of us have, have scars on our bodies, maybe physical scars. Maybe there's you know, a scar that, that uh, something happened in your life could be even kind of an emotional scar, something that traumatic happened and it left a little bit of a scar on your soul. And I have a number of physical scars. I'm not going to get into all of those, but um, I have one on my, my thumb right here. And uh, it's an interesting scar. Sometimes we do dumb things, stupid things. This scar that I have, you can't see it, but I can see it. It's right below my thumb. It's about that long. And, and I probably should have had stitches, but I didn't have any stitches. And this was, this was the result of my anger. All right? Nobody has any scars like this, right? But I got angry at, at my sisters, Cindy and Paula. We were playing a marble game called ag- Aggravation. Did anybody remember that? <laughs> It's like, it really, I know why they call it aggravation, because it's this little marble game, and you roll dice, and then they were teaming up on me, all right? Because they would count out, you know, how many spaces they moved, their marble, and if they could knock me off, send me to jail, I mean, they wouldn't knock each other off, they would knock me off, all right? 
And I, I got really angry. I was just a little boy. And I got up. We have French doors in our, in our living room. Still remember those beautiful French doors. And the, the wood frame around the, 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 the glass. I, I was going to slam on my hand. You know, and I wanted to aggravate them too because they were getting under my skin. I wanted to scare them a little bit and kind of hit that, that, that uh, frame as hard as I could. Well, I hit it hard. Guess what happened? I mean, I put my hand right in the glass, right in the pane, and I sliced my thumb. There was blood all over the place. That's a scar that I have. You know, and I can now touch that scar, and it doesn't, I could feel it, but it doesn't hurt anymore. Maybe you have some scars in your own life. Joseph was, had plenty. He had plenty of scars. There were identifiable, identifiable scars, spiritually speaking, on his body, which he could point to and say, I remember what caused that scar. I remember when it happened. But now I remember how God used it in my life, how he showed up on the scene in my life and made a way for me. Do you have any scars like that? One I caused by my own actions. I reacted in anger. I made a mistake. I chose the wrong thing. We all have scars as a result of our own choices, right? I think we just need to quit blaming others, take responsibility, but there are also scars that we carry that are not the result of bad judgment or wrong choices or sinful behaviors. They are a result of a no fault of our own, like the scar I have on my stomach that points to a near ruptured appendix. I didn't do anything wrong. I did something wrong here, but not there. They had to cut me open and stitch me back together. Maybe you have a scar like that. Tough things that have come into your life that that you didn't sign up for, that didn't come as a result of your own choices, but choices that somebody else made. Sinful choices that have caused pain and hardship in your life. Maybe you had an alcoholic spouse or parent. It wasn't your choice. Maybe an abusive father or mother or relative. That wasn't your choice. Maybe you have a rebellious son or daughter. It's not your choice. Maybe an angry mom or dad. And the list could go on and on. And here's what I want you to know today. That you're not alone. That's why Joseph is an inspiration to all of us. He was a scarred man. He was thrown into prison unjustly. As a teenager, 
He was sold, thrown into a pit by his own brothers who were jealous of him. Remember that story? They hated him. They left him there to die. Yet God had a plan for his life. He was sold into slavery, unjustly accused by an immoral woman who tries to seduce him, Potiphar's wife. That's part of the story. And because he stands for righteousness and purity, he runs out of the house. He's falsely accused. He's thrown into prison. And there he is forgotten by man. I mean, there was one guy that actually said, you can count on me. I'll remember you. Cupbearer. But he forgot him. Forgotten by man, but he was never forgotten by the, the one who loved him most. Today, if you're in a pit, like Joseph was, or in a prison, like he was, not because of your own choice, can I encourage you? You may feel forgotten by man, but you have never Or will you ever be forgotten by God? And the scars that cause you pain will someday point to the fact that God came to my rescue and saved me and healed me. That's what happened to Joseph. I want to pick up his story not in the pit or in the prison, but in the palace. That's where we see Joseph at this time in his life. That's what I studied this week. He's second in command now of the whole country of Egypt, if you know the story. And when he looks back on his life, and that's what he's going to do, the passage we look at today, he's looking back on his life. He sees the scars, but they don't produce in him the hurt and the pain and the reliving of all the hard stuff in his past. In fact... His past doesn't haunt him, but reminds him of God's faithfulness through every season of life. Here's how I know that Joseph reached this conclusion conclusion here. He did something. It's almost a prophetic act. He named his children names that were very meaningful. Not even at the end of his life. This is after he got out of prison and in the pit. Here's what I know about the people of Gateway Church. There is a desire in you because it's God's seed sown in your heart. I know you want to grow as a disciple, to be everything that Christ has called you to be. But let's be honest. Some of you today just can't seem to get past your past. There's something that the enemy keeps bringing up. Maybe there's a few things. And we say, I'm not going there. Have you ever been in a situation where 
certain conversation began to get a little uneasy. And you redirected the conversation to a place that you're more... You just... I feel more at ease in this conversation. I the direction that that other conversation was going. Joseph made peace with his past. His past, the pit, the prison, didn't haunt him any longer. The memories didn't take him back to the feelings of hurt and pain. He was truly healed. How do I know that? Because of the names he gave to his sons born to him in the palace. They weren't palace names. They were names that would remind him of how God never left him in the pit or in the prison. I may have been lonely there. I may have doubted God there. But I was never alone. For there has and always will be someone with me. What did he name his kids? Do you remember the story? Genesis 41, verses 46 through 52. Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from Pharaoh's presence and traveled throughout Egypt. During the seven years of abundance, the land produced plentifully. Joseph collected all the food produced in those seven years of abundance in Egypt and stored it in the cities. In each city, he put the food grown in the fields surrounding surrounding it. Joseph stored up huge quantities of grain. Like the sand of the sea, it was so much they stopped keeping records because it was beyond measure. Before the years of famine came, two sons were born to Joseph. And he didn't give them Egyptian names. Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh and said, It is because of God. It is because God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. The second son he named Ephraim and said, It is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. There are many places in the Bible where God specifically tells the parents the names that they're to give their children. Abraham knew exactly. He was to call his son Isaac. John the Baptist's parents named him. God told him. Name him John the Baptist. Jesus' his name was, was told to Joseph. But God didn't tell Joseph the names he was to give his sons. He named them by himself, by his own choice. He gave them these names, Manasseh and Ephraim. And these names prove that Joseph, when he looked on his past, didn't relive the pain all over again, but rejoiced in the healer. You see, God doesn't want your past to haunt you. He wants you to be able to look at it. Maybe, maybe you're there at this time in your life where the Lord's saying, it's time to get over that past, that past hurt. 
that sin that is, that is haunting you. Joseph made a choice. Manasseh is the word in the Hebrew to forget. Ephraim is from the Hebrew word meaning twice fruitful. Joseph names his firstborn because God had made me forget all my trouble in my father's household. Jesus, or Joseph had made peace with his past. Every time he saw his son, Manasseh, every time he called his son by name, he was reminded, not of the pain of the past, but that God had freed him from the hurts of the past. Think about all that Joseph had to forget. He had to forget the hatred of his brothers. It's hard to forget trauma, traumatic things in our past, things that cause us pain. How can you forget it? He forgot about the time that he'd been stripped of his clothing and thrown into a prison by those same brothers. He forgot the memories of hearing his brothers sell him as a slave, the years of serving as a slave to many owners, the false charges of Potiphar's Wife, the years shackled in prison and forgotten. The scars were deep. But God's healing was deeper. Verse 51. What does it mean to forget? Did that mean God literally took away the memory from Joseph? That he no, no longer had any recall of the hard stuff that he went through? That a portion of the hard drive in his brain was erased? Does that, mean, does that mean that he just simply never ever remembered those traumatic events in his life that caused such pain and scarring? Of course not. I mean, I can remember goofy thing that I did. I can remember things that occurred in my childhood, in my teenage years, in my adolescent years that caused great pain at the time. But the Lord is the great healer. And I've allowed him to heal my heart, touch me, so that when I look back at those events, I don't have to relive the pain all over again. I think that's what it means to forget. He was no longer haunted by the betrayal and rejection. Why would he name his kids if he, if he wasn't in, at some point healed? I, I wouldn't name my children Manasseh, if I didn't forget all my trouble and my brothers and my father's household, that family was so mixed up, I never want to remember that family again. I think there's dysfunction in all of our families to some degree, all right? Don't put your hand up in the air, but if I were to say, how many here... Came from a dysfunctional 
family or are in a dysfunctional family right now, put your hands up in the air. Don't do this, all right? Because I think all of us would say, yeah, been there, done that. My family was as dysfunctional as some of your families were and are. I may have some things that presently are causing me some some agony in my own heart, but the stuff in the past is in the past. How do you get to that point? Let me make some suggestions that I think were key to Joseph. Number one, Joseph turned or trusted the providence of God. What do I mean by that? In other words, he believed God was in control. He knew that God was involved in our daily lives and is directing us to his end. He believed that God loved him and that God God never made a mistake. And this is true. That even the hurts of the past must be purposeful and allowed for a good end. If not, then there is no value in some of the pain that you've gone through. Where's the redemption there? Some of those awful things that were committed against you. I mean, there were awful things committed against Joseph. I would take me a lifetime, I think, to get past some of that scarring. You know what I mean? I mean, the list goes on and on for Joseph. The list may, may go on and on for you. But could you name your kid Manasseh? God has helped me forget the pain of my past. So here's the question. Do you believe God? Or another way to ask it. Do you trust that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Are you willing to stop reliving the past hurts and start resting in the present grace of God? There are times when I just have to make peace with my past. I just got to stop going back there and revisiting it every month. Not if I'm not healed, If part of the process of healing is to go back, they're fine. I'm all for that. But to always go back to the past and kind of work through the issues of the past, like every year or every month, that's not what happened in Joseph's life. Are you willing to say to the Lord, Father, I know that you've been at work in my life from the moment I was born. I know that you've been using the circumstances of my life to bring me to where I am today. I may be a long ways of where I want to be, but God, by your grace, look at what you've done in my life. Don't beat yourself up. You're here today. You're pressing through today. You're working through your issues 
today, God, I don't know why you allowed them or what you were doing through these painful circumstances, but I do know you. I know, know that you are the God who is overall. I know that you are good, God. I know that you are loving and gracious. I know that you love me and are always working to draw me closer to you. So I'm willing to let go of the questions and stand on what I do know. So I'm going to name my kid Manasseh. And it's a statement of faith. It's one thing we do. Secondly, we don't let the past become an anchor. When we allow the past to to become an anchor, we lose our ability to function productively in the present and in the future. And so Joseph, number two, focused on the present. He made a faith-based decision that it was time to let go of the hurt so that he could focus on and enjoy the present. Of course, we wish there were things that could have been different in our lives. Some of you would say, I wish I could go back and do things over. But there's one thing true about life. You can't change the past. Sometimes we need to confront the past. Sometimes you need to try to understand what happened, but you can't and must not live in the past. Remember the great words of the Apostle Paul who wrote these things. This is the one thing I do. I forget what is behind. I strain towards what is ahead. I press on to the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus, Philippians 3.13. The past is one of the most powerful tools at the disposal of the devil. Doesn't he? He uses it to haunt us, to paralyze us, to make us fearful, to rob us of God's peace in the present. Or we can ask the Holy Spirit to touch us like the Holy Spirit touched Joseph. Scars. I can see my scars. I can touch the scar on my my thumb. I can recall what happened in my life that caused it. The memories of that are not forever removed from my mind. But when I touch that scar now, it doesn't hurt. That's where Jesus wants to take us. That's how he wants to heal us. He wants us to take us to that place in our lives where he touched Joseph to the point where he could name his sons Manasseh and Ephraim. I love Ephraim. He has blessed me and made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. It means twice blessed. Twice blessed. I close with this last thought. One that I often 
think about and meditate often in my life. When I'm getting hung up in the past, trying to make my way, we're not the only ones who bear on our bodies the scars of real life. There's another who, as I speak, this is interesting, who, as I speak, bears upon his body the scars that came as a result of the beatings he endured that he bore so that I could receive his healing. Jesus. Did you know that? How do I know that to be the case, that he still bears on his body the scars? Because when he was resurrected, Thomas said, unless I put my hands in the place where he was, the nails, right in his hands and in his feet, unless my hands can touch the place in the side where he was speared. And Jesus rose from the dead. And he came and he showed his body, himself, his resurrected body to who? Thomas. And he said, here, Thomas, put your hands right here. He didn't say to Thomas, look at the pain you caused me. And whenever I look upon these scars that I will carry on my body forever, I'm reminded of your shortcomings. No. I mean, you and I are going to get brand new bodies, right? I mean, these bodies are going to be heavenly bodies. They're going to be awesome. I laugh and say I'm going to be six foot four, 250 pounds, chiseled, I mean, just hair, hair like David. Just, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be a sight. To, you, you will look at me and go, who are you? I, I kind of see a resemblance in your eyes, and I, I kind of hear this voice, but, and that body, I won't, I won't have any scars on that body. None. But the sinless one, Jesus, is he going to, his scars are going to be there forever. I won't have a scar on my body. But he still will. Isn't that amazing? And his scars will prove to you and me how much he loves you. I took your pain on my body so that I could heal you. And you will forever see the scars that I carry in my body for an eternity to show you how much I love you. Healing is real. God wants to heal us. And touch us. So, Lord, I think we'd all like to get to that point in our lives where we could name our sons Manasseh, Ephraim. God has made me forget all the troubles of my past. And He's made me 
blessed. And so Jesus, do that work in our hearts today. For that one person who came in here today, maybe maybe a couple, maybe this message is just for three or four of you today. You came in scarred. I want to ask Jesus that you would touch those beloved ones. God, that they could move on. That they would find healing in Jesus. And for the rest of us on this journey, give us the grace to carry on. To trust you, Lord, in all things. You are a good, good Father. That's who you are. That's who you are. You're a good, good Father. And we are loved by you. That's who we are. You're a good Father. We're loved by you. And we can't wait until that day we see you, Jesus. Father, Abba, Daddy. We worship you. Pray this in your name. Amen.